Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co's not in studio. I have Scott. Oh shit, you changed it up. Um, Every bunny for themselves. (laughs) And Ryan. I can't see you, Matt. I think think I'm blind. (laughs) Ooh, you may want to get that checked out there, buddy. Oh wait, there you are. Little box. Oh, Oh, Oh god, it's that disgusting blob over there. Oh, it's me. The pollen-induced sick times ha- are upon us, and none of us are uh, feeling up to heading outside. So yeah. we're all doing this remotely, so if our audio sounds shit, that's why. Yeah, or it sounds weird, a little different than you're used to, that's that's exactly why we all wanted to quarantine ourselves away. Most half of us were sick over the weekend, so we've had some fun fun time. So, but um, how has everyone's gaming been? Non-existence, thanks you fuckers. Yeah. Hey, well, we're sick. We're only here there, big man. I'm not. I'm not casting blame. I'm just angry. That's how I always feel about no, it. No, no. It, I can be angry without castigating or blaming. You can be you frustrated. Perfect, there's perfectly good reasons. <laughs> I'm just still angry. <laughs> I, it's, I always like that. It's like I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated at the situation. No, I'm angry. Oh no, I don't think you heard him. He's angry. Angry. But anyway, no. Hopefully this week we'll we'll pick up on on the gaming front. Yep. Of, uh, yep, yep. And uh, that'll be fun. I've got Vampire on Wednesday, and that looks like it's uh, all good to go. But... Yep, yep. You're out of season. You're out of your first arc, right? Yeah, no? I'm out of the I'm out of the introductory arc, and this one is more player driven. So cool. they're 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 leading me by the nose, and I'm leading them into terrible. Oh, isn't that a fun time? Isn't that just like uh, I don't have to do much? Oh, it's great. <laughs> And I think it's I think it's really funny, and this is slightly spoilers, that apparently one of my players has decided that she has a crush on your NPC that you play. Uh, Got that animal uh, magnetism, a... man. I mean, that's it's so a, gross. It's, it's uh, we'll we'll go into it. There <laughs> though, there might there might need to be like a a session of just the three of us dealing with that. It's called an intervention. Is what it's <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm a vampire GM. I don't I don't get in the way of toxic relationships. You just let that's them not, affect the character sheet. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, so a little bit of hint. And Ryan, how has your gaming been? Not existent thanks to this goddamn pollen. Also, you fuckers. <laughs> Sorry, man. I I'll probably end up getting to play some tomorrow. Yep. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I'll probably play tomorrow. And for me, things have been going okay. Um, mainly what I've been gaming is because I've been running my Wrath and Glory game off Scott's Simulacra TV. That has been going well. Mm-hmm. Technical Te- issues aside. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully some of those will get solved because uh, Simulacra Studios is now paying for video chat. Yes. Uh, because, oh my, the last Vampire game was just awful with the technical problems. Yeah, sorry so- about that. I mean, why had... Technical issues, but that was all on my end of things, not yeah, of course. on well, Discord. You know, that, that's fine. But yeah. um, but anyway, so hopefully video and audio quality will inc- improve in yep. Burn It Down and in Imperial Truth, which you should all be checking out because they're fun, awesome experiences. Yes, they are really cool. I love my players. They're so wacky. This is going to be great. But let's get into the no- news, fellas. Uh, so- Altered Carbon is getting mm-hmm. a RPG. Sweet. I know literally nothing about it. I just know that's going to be an interesting setting. Oh yeah, I mean it's I mean it's super cool. Mm-hmm. I love Ultra Carbon. 
Yeah, it's I like it because when I read it's like, oh, Donald Carden getting RPG, I was like, wow, there's your death mechanic right there. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry as much about like playing a different character if your character dies because you can come back in a new body. I wonder what the rules for blowing out someone's stack in combat's going to be. Oh, that's be so uh, hard. That's just rude. That is very rude. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a role for it. I, I, I mean, I have, I have to imagine there would be. There's got to be rules for damaging the stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if it was so, any sort of modern, uh, modern sensibilities to the system, it's the stack doesn't get blown out unless you want it to. Like mm-hmm. the play, the person you're playing wants it to. Shooting a person's stack out like in the heat of combat is probably very, like, I mean, hard. It happens, like, it'd be very it difficult. Almost every episode in Altered Carbon. <laughs> so maybe not that if they're going for like pure genre emulation. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It should we'll be interesting. See. It's by Hunter's Entertainment, and uh, um, I'm I'm gonna put a link in the show notes for everyone if people are interested. Uh, it looks uh, really cool. Also, uh, they we have, we've got the official announcement for the Acquisitions Incorporated D and D book, Yay. which I'm super excited about. I've I've put my pre order in, uh, so that'll be fun to see how that works out. Um, Bloodlines Very... two got announced. Yeah. Oh man. That was actually really cool. Oh I, yeah. Well, I was, you you uh, were I right. Was, you were right, man. Of course I was. What the fuck, dude? Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, I was, I was watching the live stream, uh, when they announced it and they had a cool little ARG thing going on. Um, and then they, they brought out like the announcement for Bloodlines 2. It sounds really cool. Uh, and all the alt-right fucktards are whining about, uh, you know, tiny little things that make it seem like, oh no, they're going to respect women in this one. (laughs) Can't I don't have think, that. I don't think anyone's going to get respected. Are You're in Vampire. You're playing a vampire. <laughs> I don't know, man. Bunch of fuckers. Anyways. Um, but yeah, anyway. That, it's going to look cool. It's in Seattle, right? Looks mm-hmm. like it. Which yep. has that had almost nothing said about it in World of Darkness literature at all. That's probably why so they put it there. Well, they put it there because of that, and because that's where the the, the game studio is based out of. Mm-hmm. So they're designing it around what they know, which is going to be cool because it's going to be fine. Authentic, it's going to be authentic and cool. So next to no information, we can probably wax about that and what we what there is in patron content. Yeah, uh, but that's coming out next year this time, Q one, uh, around March. Uh, Push it back a couple months. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it'll be summer. It'll be Q two. Yeah, um, yeah, it will. Be, it will get pushed back. It's a video game, but that's super exciting and super mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Bloodlines in a previous episode whole and bunch. here and there. Whole yeah. bunch. It's a great. Uh, it's really expect exciting. us when it comes out. We're all going to buy it. We're all going to play it, and we're all going to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. That I, will I, be. What what I'm lo- I'm looking forward to the the uh, polyhedron episode after we've all played it, uh-huh. where we all talk about the differences in our playthroughs. Right, like each one of us is like, okay, I'm playing this, and then Scott's like, I'm playing this, and then Ryan's like, I'm playing this, Man. and we're all going to be like, fingers yeah. crossed they don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed uh-huh. that playing is every clan's an option. Uh, I hope. Well, I, well, actually, I would love DLC where you get more clans. I think that's a thing, uh, but like I said, we'll talk about what we what what's known about it in patron content. Okay, um, this piece of news is really cool and kind of con- not controversial, but very eye opening. 
Okay. Uh, gaming intersecting with international politics. Haven't heard about this one. Yeah. So, uh, so there is a game that got funded on Kickstarter called the, the uh, I may be mispronouncing, but I don't think I am. Uh, the Sazen, uh, uh, Sazen Files. It's based in Call of Cthulhu, but it's like 1930s Call of Cthulhu in Shanghai. Hmm. Huh. It's made by Sons of Singularity Company, the their gaming company. They made it. It was all printed in China, and then every single one of their copies was destroyed by the Chinese government. Wow. Every single copy. What? It, because it was, they got, they, they clamped down because it was about China. I mean. That's pretty fucked it's about, up. But it's about them. I mean, don't they like it when yeah, things are about them? Is well, it, that's not, pro, not if they think there's something inside that they don't like that, like representative in there. Oh, I mean, do they have an issue with like Cthulhu's? I don't. I, it's, it's. Uh, there, I'll put some links in the show notes. There's a guy, uh, the guy who runs Sons of, Sons of Singularity, put out a video explaining the entire situation to everyone. It's kind of a thing. Luckily, the printer gave the deposit back to him, and he's now looking for a new local um, U.S.-based distributor, printer and distributor, so that he can get the get the copies out to his uh, audience. Well, suck it, so China. It's, wow, yeah. I was like, I read this, I was like. Oh wow! You don't. We don't think about it. We have such an international sort of global economy that we don't hear that kind of story very often. And then it's like, bam! We're just going to destroy everything you just paid for. We're going to destroy, um, and because we don't like what you, it has to say for some reason, for any reason. And good luck having any sort of grievance with the Chinese government, because there you go. That right there. That's a, that's another thing. It's like, like you can go yell at them. And say, how dare you burn all these books? I mean, it'd be one thing if our, you know, we we weren't engaged in a piss fight with them, uh, but we have this thing called the Electoral College, and so we're <laughs> a piss fight with them. Um, that's weird, and I don't like it. Yep. Um. Uh, I'll like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes if people are more interested in the story. I thought that would be very interesting because we don't hear about how, like, tabletop RPGs start interacting with, like, governmental bodies like that. So, all right, there, there's that. That's, that's a chipper. Weird. Uh, well, last little bit of news is LA by Night's going to get his third season. Yay. Yay. I need, Yay, a, I need to watch Carl. the last epilogue uh, mm-hmm. episode, which I believe is was all ghouls. Ooh. Uh, oh. Like, all the like all the various ghoul NPCs that have been involved, like, had a special mission. Uh, the epilogues are fun. Like the whole the whole LA by Night show is great. Uh, although it does it is the, the thing that is slightly galling of pretty Hollywood people um, succeeding at our hobby more so than any we could ever. Yeah, it it's it's a bit of a sore spot because I've had um, a couple people that I listen to in podcasts. They have at real plays. They've been doing it for years, far longer than anyone else has. And it's like you guys are getting all the rep and all the prestige for doing this. And I'm like, we've been, we've been, don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Type of situation. It was cool, man. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I have mixed feelings about that because at one time, yes. Oh, look, the rich famous people are, you know, getting all the glory, but I, I feel less galled about that because they're famous because they're talented. Yeah. Um, 
So it's not, I don't feel like they're, the, the people doing it are not like creatively bankrupt. They're actually talented and they're actually good at, good at it. So, like and, if and it was the vast a, majority of them genuinely enjoy yeah, the if, hobby. If they, if they were a bunch of hacks who weren't taking it seriously, then I might be more legitimately pissed about it. It's it's more like it's the what are you going to do pissed yeah. about, about it. It's like, yeah, that's how it would be. Like, the pretty people. Well, at the same time, like, I mean, the people who really started all this all were the Penny Arcade people with Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. were the ones that really... Like, they were doing this shit, you know, over 10 years now, and while they certainly are well-known, they're not pretty. No, No, they're not. They're Um, wacky, but they're very funny. They're very funny, they're very talented, and they had an audience already. And they they went through some iterations in their entire shtick anyways. It's just Critical Role sort of hit that, that lovely tipping point, and like, just hit that moment just that perfect moment and sort of fell, not fell into it, but just sort of glided on that momentum and then really got started gathering momentum behind them. Yeah. Um, and then everything else is sort of spiraling out of that. I mean, overall it's a net positive. It's a very good positive for yeah, I think, us and I everything. Think it's, it's pushed the hobby into a, into a greater uh, spotlight, uh, which, and it's opened doors for people to try their, try their own hand at this whole I think I like the term that Geek and Sundry has come up with is RPG entertainment. Yeah. I think I like that other than like actual play or live play or anything like that. I think as a category, I like that phrase. Uh, I had I've been starting to use real play, like instead of actual play, real play. Yeah, I don't, I don't like anything in conjunction with the word play. Okay. Like, so I just, R- I, RPG entertainment or RPG yeah. performer? Oh uh, yeah, RPG like they like it's RPG Entertainment or Arch RPGE. Um, oh, RPGE, I like that. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's what they're pushing, and I'm gonna go along with it because yeah. why the fuck not? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so so character sheets. Character sheets. So our topic today is character sheets. Uh, it's based off of uh, we we are wholeheartedly sealing this off of an extra credit video. Uh, but it's actually an idea that has been in the back of my head for a while about character sheets and what they mean and how they communicate information uh, and how they can be used as a tool uh, beyond just the mechanics of the game, but talking about like what you want or what the what the game is about. Um, I think that we can go into a bit better detail. Yeah, um, so link will definitely be on the show notes to this specific video, and please give them your support. Uh, Eddie Webb actually helped write this episode um, because they've been doing a lot more like tabletop RPG episodes, and they've been getting people from the profession, from that industry, sort of helping them out writing and fill their knowledge gaps that they may have. And as just as Scott said, it's about this concept of we have a character sheet. A character sheet is actually pretty pivotal because it has to like abstractly melt down everything that the game's about into one or two pieces of paper, two sides of piece of paper. And what we want to do is look at that and go, what does that tell us? Not only as the player, but also as the GM, what does that mean? And how can that inform us when we play the game? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you have your, your good old granddad, which is D and D. Um, and, you know, the majority of that character sheet, although it's been proved, in my opinion, over the years, uh, is about your, your orc kicking number. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You don't like Thacko? <laughs> the old or <ore> kicker. <laughs> I want, okay, That's that's got to be a dwarf name. That's my dwarf family name. Thrilled or kicker. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in general, the majority of the items on that character sheet um, are funneled towards increasing your number to, to kill the monster. Right. Um, it's like, so let's say back in the old, old, ye old Thacko days of second edition, you had your six base stats, which is strength, dex, con- constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, just like they are nowadays. And most of everything that off there gave you modifiers to when you rolled that dice. And most of the rolls were involved in dealing with combat or in high risk situations. Um, and you had other things that could modify, like skills, and some respects like proficiency modifiers. Like if you're a proficient in certain, certain or specialized in certain weapons, you would do better. And that was predominantly what. And also, if you were playing a magic caster, Jesus Christ, you yeah, you, most of your spells were combat oriented. It did a combat effect. There were very few things, except for like a handful, like divination type stuff, that was utility like it dealt with things outside of like raw doing damage or preventing damage or healing damage some aspect or controlling another person another enemy so that you could do more be more tactically minded yeah that so the character uh, sheet went well beyond two pages when you just start when you started to mess with magic yeah yeah absolutely um also there are things on the sheet like save versus death save versus uh i think sleep paralysis and charm save versus poison there were very specific very micro and very specific saves that classes and races had lots of modifiers on so that sort of telling you that this game is very um intricate there's a lot of little levers that you can torque and move around in order to get a certain effect or simulate a certain feel and the character was the character sheet told you that this game is about Navigating a dungeon, fighting the monsters in that dungeon. Um, Occasionally talking to people. <laughs> yeah, there might be a dragon. Yep. Uh, you know, save versus dragon. Save versus um, dragon. Actually, yeah, I but, think that was save versus breath weapon, actually. I think that was actually save. I'm trying to remember. That. But as D&D has gone along, the character sheet and the system behind it has gotten more refined. Uh, it's gotten... The combat aspects have, have tightened. Uh, yeah. And they've actually, and they've also broadened out uh, the things that you can do to be get more like a true role playing game. One number uh, means a lot more stuff in indeed it does in the modern iterations. Yep. Um, but still, it is overwhelmingly focused on as a t- tactical ba- battle fantasy. Right. Game. Yeah. It's. I mean, every class in D anD D is got lots of combat utility. Now, there are classes that do things other than raw combat, and they have other effects, but all of it funnels itself eventually down to the lowest common denominator, which is combat. Um, There are social skills, there are social abilities, there are social spells, and there are little more uh, uh, utility spells that exist out there, but overall, it's mostly still just funneled with combat in mind. So that kind of goes to... When you look at a D&D character sheet and you sort of extrapolate what it means, you can tell that the D&D game uh, has a, in its heart and soul, a large portion of it is focused on fantasy combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the character sheet tells you 
straight out off the bat. Um, now, as a player, when you're building your character sheet, you can you can reverse engineer this process, and by way of selecting, say you you're not super interested in combat, so you as like a sorcerer select a lot of the more utility and social and other kind of spells and abilities that make you super useful in a non-dungeon scenario. Mm. So what you're doing there is you're using your character sheet to tell your GM, this is where I want to have fun. Yes. This is where I want to be effective, and these are the situations that I want to be in so that I can be cool and useful. So you're kind of voting with your points in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that concept is really interesting. Uh, I remember when I first somebody pointed that out to me. I think I was watching a video. Was like a character sheet where what you the choices that your players make on their character sheet dictate more and inform the GM of this is what my characters want. To, this is what people want to do to have fun. Now that doesn't mean you always have to do that. Like that's the only way they have fun. But this is like because people like to feel powerful. People like to feel confident yeah. and capable. Nobody wants to feel weak and helpless and sort of useless. They want to contribute. And so that is a way of doing that is, oh, I've got a fighter. Okay, he's a fighter, which means he likes very specific types of interaction and combat. And he has these skills and maybe these feats. He wants to do this type of thing. And so you should give him opportunities to do that. Now we can contrast the Dungeons & Dragons character sheet with say, the world of darkness. Oh, yeah. Uh, And the world of darkness, specifically going with vampire, there's a lot on that character sheet that has little to nothing to do with combat. It's a lot more socially and mentally focused. Uh, It's more about, you know, social... Social manipulations, yep. puzzles. Well, um, let's let's back up and let's think about this for a second. So, in most White Wolf, let's say original White Wolf character sheets, you had physical stats, you had a social stats, and you had mental stats. That's they were evenly divided. They were three physical, three social, three mental. D D, you could nominally say had three physicals, two two mentals, and one social. So right. if you even want to just like break down the numbers, so there's yeah. this even distribution. Their skills were the same too, though there was a lot more like fiddliness with there. There were they were there's a, a a triune breakdown of skills, so you could roughly say there are mental skills, there are social skills, and there are physical skills. They're roughly equal. So already we're getting getting to the path of being physical, being mental, or being social are roughly equal, or at least they should be roughly equal. But also, uh, in addition to sort of those basic stuff, which, and like I said, the World of Darkness character sheet has a lot more social and physical, like a lot more, there's a lot more breakdown in Mm -hmm. terms of like the nuance of how your character interacts and navigates social and mental spaces uh, than there is in D&D. But you also have things on your character sheet like humanity and willpower. Yeah. uh, And stats that tell you more about who the character is on a sort of fundamental moral level, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something that isn't really other than like maybe your alignment. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to get to that. that. You had, you had old school nature and demeanor, like mm-hmm. back in the day, and which you told you sort of, yeah, oh, and virtues, yeah. You know, virtues and vices in, in sort of Chronicles of Darkness, where you were basically like, what is your inner self? What is your outer self? And how they sort of inform the character was 
gives you gives the GM and the player more depth of who this person is versus like D D that had like Scott said, alignment, which is I'm lawful good. Well, there are many, many iterations of lawful good, but if I have these two adjectives that describe my my nature and my demeanor, that starts getting us more specific and sort of more um, interpretive of exactly what that character is and then or you who have they the, were. You, then you have your humanity, which is your gauge of you know how close to, close or far away from the beast you are, uh, which is another indicator. And then you have your willpower, is like how strong of mind and will are you. And then you've got all of these things, and like and like Ryan said, you had your virtues in in older editions of a vampire. You had your virtues, and all of these things really go into a lot more detail about, like, like I said, who you are as a moral agent. Um, and that really tells you what the game is about, and it gives the players and the storytellers a lot of meat to pick at mm-hmm. uh, when dealing with moral quandaries and moral issues. You know, you can look at a character sheet and say, like, well, you have a courage of two, but a, but a you know, a compassion of four. So you've got a big heart, but when it when when it's balls to bones time, you might not be able to act on that big mm-hmm. heart. You you have a bleeding heart, but you have no no will no ability to do anything with it. And that uh, that tells you what vampire is about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's about those moral moral decisions and those those tragic and emotional moments mm-hmm. far more than it is about you know killing uh, killing Nosferatu ghouls. Animals, kicking orcs, I think. Kicking uh, orcs. Kicking yeah. orcs. It's not all just orcs. about kicking orcs. It's a lot. There's oh, a lot man. more nuance to it. If you're kicking kicking an orc in a World of Darkness game. That means you're going up against like a changeling, and that's just <laughs> weird. It's gone real weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Won't lie, you're probably playing a strange game. But if you're having fun, go right ahead. Um, let's talk about another character sheet thing. Let's talk about Amber, um, oh. because that Amber doesn't have dice it doesn't use dice um and because of that it has the four main stats which is just a big number that's all it is mm-hmm. and so you have to interpret uh, you get a lot of largesse on the player side of what that means for you and your character like i have well, a very high war warfare well what a- what amber is about is like your character sheet sort of tells you where you are in relative to position to the cosmos yes and like cosmological like cosmic archetypes um, and it breaks it down into very stark terms. Yes. Of just how, like, well, I'm sorry, you're five points below, you know, your uncle, so he's going to stop the shit out of you. Yeah. Me. Whereas, um, like, the only nuances, like, is um, good stuff, bad stuff is kind stuff, of like, stuff, yeah. is kind of like you get the little fudge, the fudgy gray area in on the character sheet. So if you have a character who's not very good at something, but he's got a lot of good stuff, he may not win most of the time but occasionally when it matters the most he may eke something out yeah the, the universe likes him more than, they, <laughs> more than the person with zero or bad stuff um and i like that because that also showcases what amber's about is that there's only four stats they only have numbers they don't real there's no dice involved so it creates this idea of this big larger in life very um simple perspective on your sheet it's trying not to be busy the sheet itself is trying not to be busy and to um distract you it's there to it doesn't get in the way of the role play no no it's it's there to solve the hard and fast questions yep uh but like that's not the majority of what you're doing in amber right um whereas D D or like white wolf like we were talking about 
the the sheet can get kind of overwhelming actually uh yeah. i remember for currently in dungeon of the bad mage and for um dragon heist i had to rewrite my character sheet like 12, 12 times because i was like trying to find the right way of like displaying all my stuff on on a pdf sheet um yeah that tells you how much I, of an afternoon i blew i just consumed um because i was just trying to figure out a good way to showcase what my character could do to me so I could quickly access the data. And that's another thing about character sheets, the ergonomics of the sheet. Like mm. how did the layout and how the data is, how the data, not data, um, is presented to you um, is important. Um, it show it tells you if you can easily find things. If there's not a lot of stuff, it'll probably be easy to navigate. But if there's a lot of stuff or there's a lot of information, you got to be able to convey it very quickly um, and very easily to your players and to your GM. Um, actually, in a game that we have, there's an interesting consideration uh, that people don't actually come up with very often. It's how often are you going to have to erase uh, on that character <laughs> sheet? Uh, and never after it's a, it's uh, the stats are separated into mind, body, and soul points that you spend fairly regularly and regain fairly regularly. So the most common thing to happen that would make you create a new sheet is you will actually wear through the spot where your where those values are marked <laughs> off. So I've literally it would be like if you like had to erase your HP so often, like in your on your D and D sheet that you'd worn through it. <laughs> it, it's, it's a real consideration you have to take um actually speak speaking of which uh i know people who have used um white erase markers and use put put their character sheets in sleeves so that they could easily just erase things and mark over their sheet without actually having to put it on the sheet itself and that's also a thing where you have like little glass bubbles yeah. is a useful tool for that sort of thing especially like in a game like exalted oh yeah um essence that yeah essence is no fucking joke you're like so you, here's a pile of stuff i'm doing here it's like poker chips it's like this is this is my ante uh actually john wick does that too he sort of does a weird thing of you've got your character for house of the blood you got your character sheet right mm-hmm. but the dice are also a part of your character sheet because that's how many dice you ante in the action yeah. of doing something mm-hmm. and that he's using uh, another uh, like th- like an uh, a live element in the game to give you the feel of the game. Granted, that's not purely about your character sheet, but it's related to your character sheet, and so that informs sort of the feel of what you're doing. Yeah, and like there's also a trend like micro RPGs, mm-hmm. like RPGs that can fit on a uh, on an index card. Yeah, like like uh, two pages. They're like that's it. All they are is two pages. Well, and in those games, your character sheets are, are ridiculously tiny, uh, like Honey Heist. Honey Heist is um, like a very stripped down where you only have two stats uh, of bear and criminal. Uh, and, and, and whenever whenever you like you, you're in the, the those ratings fluctuate, like whenever you do anything that uh, uh, is more bear, because the, the concept of that game is you're a group of bears trying to steal honey. Um, and, uh, like from like, uh, like, like, a uh, an apiary. And so whenever you do something bear, like you roll your bear stat and then your bear stat goes up, but your criminal stat goes down. Um, 
and vice versa. Whenever you do something criminal like, you roll your criminal stat, your criminal stat goes up. And if you ever, if if one ever drops to zero, then you stop becoming a playable character. Oh no! <laughs> because you either go full bear or full criminal, and, and that, the, the duality of your existence ceases to exist. <laughs> I'm seeing bears in like little, like little criminal masks and yeah, like yes, stripes. Yes. That, that is that is that. You have, you have envisioned that thing. So, like I said, your character sheet is like you know two or three things, um, and that's very simple. And like that's like that's a character sheet that that is saying a lot. Yeah. By not saying a lot. Right. Um, it's the negative space concept. Absolutely. That's a very good way of putting it. I'm yeah, sure we've talked uh, about this before, but in uh, in 10 Candles, your character sheet is uh, is four index cards. Yep. Uh, and there's a trick to how you receive them, which just upset Matt so terribly, but we won't go uh, into that. Oh, man. In case, it, in case you never, never got to play it. But... Um, you know, it's just well. One one of these days, we're gonna have a polyhedron plays. Indeed, uh, yes, yes, that is on experience. the docket. Polyhedron plays. Virtue, vice, hope, and limit are the are the four, yeah. and you put them in whatever order you like, and uh, you torch them as you go. Uh, for literally, literally set them on fire. Literally set them on fire for for re rolls, and uh, that's that's it. That's what you get. And I mean, and that doesn't actually affect your character. It just means that is. It's definitely a role playing. It, it's a it, it's a role playing um, nudge for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's absolutely. And then you have something like Shadowrun, uh, that is a math homework. Yep. Yes. Or like, oh, is it a uh, riffs? Old school riffs. riffs. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is also we forgot to mention this: how complex the character sheet determines how complex probably the game is. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty straight, straight stand forward. Like D D and and White Wolf are pretty. I'd say middle of the road. Like just be, yeah, especially just, fifth edition is very middle of the road. Very middle of the road. Not too complicated, but not too easy either. Like you need to have some understanding. Whereas things like um, and Am- well, Amber will be more complex just because of the subject matter. But mm-hmm. like but Honey Heist and uh, probably a few others. I'm not thinking off the top of my head. Ten candles. And Ten candles. And the machinery like isn't very complicated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the conceptually it may be very complicated. Um, but then you got like Shadowrun, uh, old school riffs, and a few other games that exist, like Pathfinder, because Pathfinder is derivative of 3.5. There are a lot, there's a lot more things to account for, a lot more modifiers, a lot more things to realize that your character, it, you just don't do one thing and one thing well. You could do lots of little things well that stack up in certain instances do you make do that one thing really well, but, and you know, there's all sorts of complicated mechanics to that game. So it's, it, it, it's kind of a clusterfuck, but fun. Yeah. That's what wrath and glory is done. It is actually mm-hmm. incorporated. This is because Ulysses North America, what they're doing a lot with like Torg and with wrath and glory is they're incorporating some other aspects of to your care sheet. So you have your, Pretty standard character sheet. Torg is very different and feels a little more like D&D than Wrath and Glory. Wrath and Glory is going for a very slick, trying to be as quick making character, even though there's a lot of fiddly bits. Um, But they're doing things like adding cards to the action and basically going, okay, you, every start of every session, everyone gets a campaign card. Campaign cards are literally like, do a thing, you get this benefit. 
Like if you do this in game, you can play the card and you get this benefit. And that as adding a new aspect, because it's kind of like your character sheet changing a little bit every game. Mm-hmm. And I find that very interesting um, as far as like where characters and where the line between character sheet and gameplay and all that start merging together. Um, now, I played a game recently, and this is something that we I we should have talked about in gaming. Um, I played uh, Project Ascension. Yeah. Oh, uh, how was that? How was that? Oh, that was really fucking cool, and we'll talk about that. I have a feeling we'll talk about that in patron content yeah. more specifically. Um, but the character sheet there had no mechanics whatsoever because there were basically no mechanics. Um, it had a lot of uh, background and role-playing information on it. Yeah, it's the uh, it's consent. It's all consent-based role-play. Not exactly. Oh, interesting. Uh, the, 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 well, like I said, we'll talk about that in, in, there were some, like, actual, like, hard mechanics in it, but it was very, almost, it was very subjective and very strange, uh, and we'll talk about okay. that. Yeah. You can spend, uh, listeners, you can spend a dollar to, to, <laughs> to hear about me talk about Project Ascension. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but like I said, no, there was nothing. There were no mechanics whatsoever. Hmm. Um, but it was still very interesting and very cool, and it was an open bar, so I had a lot of fun. Oh wow! Wowza! Oh, yeah. open bar. Oh, yeah, you did pay for it, so I guess I did pay a hundred dollars to go to. Don't drink yourself silly, because I want you to be responsible, because you are my friend. Indeed, I, I can't drink hard anymore. Nope, it doesn't work like that. Me it's, either. It's called going taking a nap. It's called drinking <laughs> hard and then taking a nap. Then I just get a headache. Everything's you know, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> everything's terrible. <laughs> <sighs> Welcome to age, my friend. Yeah, yes. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I mean that that's sort of the absolute like null null character information mm-hmm. as far as mechanics are concerned. Um, but yeah, your character sheet can say a lot, and it can it can in the same way that the character sheet can tell you a lot about what the game is about and how the game's gonna go. You can also reverse engineer that. When you're building your character, mm-hmm. uh, like we said, to tell your storyteller, your game master, or your table where you want to have your fun. Right. Like where you want to be cool and where you want to be useful, uh, the niche you want to fill yeah, it, at the table. Also, part of that reverse engineering is also if you're very new to a game and you don't know what this game is about, go look at the character sheet. Go look at the words they use and the emphasis they have on certain things. So if you pull up a character sheet and it has a lot of big space for like HP and like to hit and damage. Okay. You say there's a safe bet. You combat's going to be a lot of combat's going to be involved. Well, like like a fourth of the, here's the problem with that though. I've, I've, I've done this. I've done this dance. Let me tell you, that's 100%. (laughs) reliant on your GM giving a shit about whether those mechanics are implemented or not. That's true. It's true. I mean, every game, every table is different. Um, but there's also the design philosophy of the, of the people who built the game. Yeah. They go, well, I mean a lot, I think your, your storyteller tells a lot by just the game that you're playing. Like if you're playing D and D like you, you know, what you know, that's what your game game master is all about. Um, in general. Oh God! I really wish. I really, really wish more. I knew. I wish I knew what this was. I'll find it later. Um, but the general gist uh, of this game, it looked really interesting, just because they used light 
as a metaphor for different aspects of your character sheet because all of reality had been sliced up into different spectrum color spectrums and each color spectrum meant something different and depending on which spectrum you were in, different layer of reality you were in, to emphasize certain things on your character sheet. And the character sheet codified or like related to those different parts of the spectrum. So you started relating the stuff that was going on in the setting with what your character is and what your character can do because each of those spectrums does or emphasizes a different thing that, that exists in reality. And so huh. mm. I think it's real interesting because I basically call it somebody somebody really likes Green Lantern and took that took that aspect and just went to to fantasy land with it kind of thinky <laughs> I like that yeah oh, it's yeah, very, very cool thinky. I've got a I'll look it up and I will figure I'll, I'll make sure at least by next time I'll find out the name of it it's very cool I want to read it I want to want to play around with it yeah and we'll have a link to the show notes about yeah, it. link to the show notes um what else would we like to say about characters and character sheets um that have sort of help us understand the game and the game master and our characters um if i mean you know we didn't talk terribly much about it like when, when the character sheet is m mostly made up of sort of the i don't know when lots more human emotion or you know human experiences are part of the character sheet for example like unknown armies is a pretty good oh, example yeah. of that. Like, if you go look at the more the most modern iteration of the Unknown Armies character sheet, like there's a column for how fucked up you've gotten. Like, there's mm -hmm. you know there are like emotionally, yeah. Um, you know, Call of Cthulhu has madness. Yeah, you know, there there are. So you know that's that's one of those situations where and put this in a different part of the episode if this is you know at the wrong time. But the, that's fine. You know, there are sometimes if you see a madness track on a character sheet, you can be relatively certain that at some point some weird shit's going to be going down. In the game. <laughs> um, you know, there are five different tracks in uh, in the Unknown Army sheet for, you know, just the bad, difficult things that have happened to your character, you know, violence, helplessness, just all, you know, all kinds of stuff. And two uh, gradating tracks of how you handle yourself based on those those situations. So the character sheet will really tell a story about the life your characters lived up until that point. So mm -hmm. I, th I thought that was a, a really oh. cool expression of what it, we're talking about. It's sort about. of mechanizing backstory. Yes. Like actually putting putting your backstory into mechanical context. Which, which if you've listened to me talk about D&D &D 5e, you would think Ryan hates that. But if it's what the whole fucking game's about, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, if it, if it's used also, well, you have stuff. You have a game like Fate, where the things on your character sheet are like foundational statements about yep. who you are and what you believe in, and and how, uh, what you yeah. are capable. Yeah, of. Yeah, um, actually, it's, it's much Fate, more. Your character is made with the table. Like mm -hmm. a lot of games, you can make your character on your own. You don't need the table. Where Fate's like, no, if you're really playing a game, you need to all be around the same table talking because you collectively the gm plus the players will be making up the game like the story and the narrative mm -hmm. and then that starts informing everyone's character sheet um with scott actually ryan brought this up and i want to definitely put it up put it out there so you have D D, and even then you have white wolf which has set skills let's look at the skills you have set skills there are generally no skills beyond those whereas you have something mm -hmm. like fate where and other sort of open-ended games where it's like you can write down what you're good at you can dictate and define uh, what what 
aspect is your character. Like you can write down a sentence about what you're all about. Um, which I find interesting and fascinating as far as like what that means for a game. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of other weird shit. Um, like, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, houses, the blooded, uh, goes off of the fate system kind of, mm-hmm. uh, and that's more about, like I said, more like foundational statements about who you are and, and, and where you, uh, where you come from. Uh, and that handles that in a very interesting and weird way. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other weird sheets that I've seen. Uh, um, I remember too. It's been a, been, like, been a moment. Mage, Mage has an interesting thing with its character sheet uh, regarding your uh, your your how much paradox you have. Yep. Like it's kind of this weird circular yep. uh, representation of your your power and your paradox. Um, and that's an interesting way um, of doing that. Oh, of. what I like, and this is just purely something we've talked about before, is the new V5, is that the amount of stains you can take on your humanity are based oh, on yeah. what level your humanity's at. So the higher your humanity is, the less room there is for your stains. So the stains are more readily... I When I read that and I looked at it, I was like, that is a brilliant way of conveying very quickly and very easily both a roleplay note and a um, mechanical note at the same time of how this interacts and go, yeah, you can only take so many stains that you don't have humanity. So the more less humanity you have, the more stains you can take, but you're more of a monster because of it. Like mm-hmm. it takes more to hurt you. Cause that was always the problem back in the day was like the, the you know, the hierarchy of sins and oh, how yeah, they, the death spiral. Yeah, the hierarchy of sins and all this other stuff that they developed that was really hard to codify. They they like completely gutted that, and th- so that showcases really well once you understand a little bit about the mechanics of how this dictates your character and character sheet. Yeah, that was really really well done. Um, Just trying to think, like Exalted uh, is another bunch of numbers. A bunch of numbers and then uh, page references. And page references. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, a, uh, a spreadsheet. Oh, man. Oh, I, yeah, that was, mm, yeah. Whenever I'm going to design a game, I, and I'm very happy that modern gamers, modern game companies are doing this, is that they're going, no, we need slicker, easier, understood, very quick reference character sheets. People back in the day, they were very grognardy. They were very hyper specific, and they've started moving away from that, which I appreciate just because it makes games more um, fast and loose, which makes it can be makes it more entertaining and less of a headache. I'm trying to think about what we could say about the story path character sheet. Um, it's very similar to, to the way White Wolf yeah. does things, like the old White Wolf paradigm. Uh, I have a lot of. I've started collecting a few notes in my mind about when we want to go revisit. The story path system because I've got some thoughts now. That, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I like it, but I don't like it as much as I thought I was gonna like it. Um, just because of some of the some of the things they're doing. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's certainly I I get what it's going for. Yeah. Uh, it's it's about it's about cinematic role play. Yeah. Like that's yes. really what they're going for with that system. Uh, is is you know describing the nitty-gritty of scenes in a cinematic fashion. And, uh, I shouldn't oh. put this up in the news, but um, people who back Scion are going to be getting their physical books very soon, and mm-hmm. um, Trinity, Continuum Core, and and um, Aeon are 
in proofing right now. So we are mm-hmm. very, very close to getting physical copies for all those books. So that will let us give us a moment to actually like sit down and deep dive it. Uh, um, since we're towards the end, uh, n- another thing, uh, uh, Mask of Mythos, that's the tentative name. That is the placeholder really? name. They, we don't know what the official name is going to be. Interesting. Yeah, they had it in an email. Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to yeah. that because that's that'll when we can get that table together, I'm going to be Bizarre. Horrible. Yeah, it's going to be real All bad. Right. Uh, is there anything else we'd like to say before we get out of here uh, concerning characters and character sheets? They're very good. They they need to be tell convey a lot without doing a lot. Um, and so definitely take a look at the character sheet, and that will help you understand what you're getting into when you start a new game, a game you're not familiar with. My character sheet says I have gray eyes. Okay. Mine says I have black hair. Yeah. Who has two scimitars and a panther. Don't fuck that panther. <laughs> Don't fuck that panther. He really, wanna, he really wants to fuck that I panther. Know fuck everything panther. in you tells you to fuck that panther, but do not fuck <laughs> that panther. All right. Uh, yeah, before we get out of here, I want to make give a shout out to the Story Told podcast. They are an actual play podcast. Uh, they're doing Exalted right now. Uh, a guy named Chaz emailed us in, and he sort of t- told us he really liked our take on the political topic that we did for politics and gaming it really opened his mind up for how he looked at his gaming and what he was doing and so we really appreciate that and thank you very much for um getting to us about that so check that podcast out i'm sure it's great link in the show notes link in the show notes notes. um yeah in the show notes link to the episode in the show notes of the episode Ouroboros. It just I'm going to do that. that. Well, it is April 1st. We're actually recording on April 1st, so I kind of need to do that. <laughs> so, you gave away the game, man. Yeah, man. So, for everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivusMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. If you want to spell it R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>